the proclaiming of your word. And we'll give you the honor for it all, for which in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen. All right, take your Bible and turn with me uh, this morning to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 4. We've been talking about repentance now uh, for several weeks. Uh, and uh, if uh, everything goes the way I, I think God is leading me, uh, we're going to talk about repentance uh, today and one more week. Um, and um, I'm reminded of uh, the phrase uh, or the story of uh, D.L. Moody. Uh, they said D.L. Moody preached on John 3:16 four or five nights in a row. Uh, and somebody finally came to him and said, when are you going to change text? And he said, when you get this one right. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of the way with repentance. Uh, I don't think we can preach on repentance too much uh, in our society today. Uh, I don't think we can preach on repentance too much uh, in our church churches today, uh, let alone our society, but in our churches today, uh, we need to hear uh, the message of repentance. Uh, we need to practice uh, the message uh, of repentance. And so uh, we're going to look at it uh, again at least today, and, uh, and I'm pretty sure uh, one more week uh, as, uh, as we uh, continue uh, to discuss uh, repentance. This week, uh, we're going to look at the, the route or the road to real repentance. And when I first prepared this message and, uh, and, and uh, put it all together, uh, that word real was not there. Uh, it was just the road to repentance. Uh, but um, as I look at this text, and as I consider uh, what I have witnessed in my life, uh, the word real uh, must be inserted uh, in this title. Uh, and again, the text alone demands it, uh, because if you go back and you look and consider uh, what we have uh, covered, the text we have covered so far, uh, we know... Uh, that uh, we saw during uh, the last chapter, during the reign uh, of King Josiah, uh, that uh, Josiah had them put away uh, many or most, uh, if not all, uh, of their false idols, of their uh, evil practices. Uh, but it was only a superficial change. Uh, their hearts uh, were no different. Uh, their hearts uh, were just uh, the, the same as they had been uh, before. Uh, and those of you who have uh, been around here a few years, even a few weeks, uh, you have uh, witnessed my, uh, my little uh, simple illustration of uh, repentance, that, uh, that repentance is uh, when we're walking down the road the wrong way, uh, and it's not just stopping or slowing down, uh, but it's turning uh, and going the other way. As I studied this text, I realized uh, that uh, i got to find a better illustration because uh, that leaves out uh, a, an important uh, part. How many of you know uh, that if I'm going down this road and this is the wrong road and I turn around and go back this way, this is not necessarily the right road either? Right? Wouldn't that be true? If you're driving down the road, and let's say you're wanting to get to Shelby, North Carolina. Everybody know where Shelby is? 
up off of 74, going out towards the mountains, going out towards the west, I guess southwest of here. If you're going south down 601 to try to get to Shelby, you're on the wrong road, right? If you turn around and go back north on 601, you're still on the wrong road, right? That road still won't get you to Shelby. Won't get you there. You're going to have to change something. And so I, I want to expand this morning uh, my explanation a little bit uh, of the road to real repentance. Look what God says uh, through Jeremiah uh, to the people of Judah. Beginning in verse 1, uh, he says to them, uh, and, and you'll see there's, uh, there's that great big word uh, in uh, the English language. The very first word, if. If. Y'all know how big that word is in language, right? If is, is, is perhaps the biggest word in language. If you should return. If you should return. And so the first step uh, of repentance is return. I, I've tried to make this very simple this morning. It is a one word, boom, 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 outline. Uh, don't want there to be any confusion, uh, any misunderstanding. Uh, but the first step in real repentance is to return. So he says to Judah, if you return. What's he talking about there? That the first thing that has to happen is that they turn away from their idols, that they turn away uh, from their false worship, uh, that they turn away uh, from their wicked uh, lifestyle. There's actually a little bit of, uh, of a play on words there. Uh, he really says, if, if you look at the Hebrew of it, he says, if you would return, return. Uh, is really uh, what he says. If you want to return, you've got to return. Uh, you've got to change uh, what you are doing. First thing, uh, that is the first step, the first real sign uh, of real repentance is a turn, is an outward change. It is a change of direction, uh, a change of heart, a change of, uh, of attitude, a change uh, of actions. So the first thing uh, that he is saying uh, to the people of Judah here is that uh, they have to uh, return, uh, that they have to, they have to leave behind old habits. They kind of uh, point back, if you go back and look in chapter 3 in verse 7 and in verse 10, uh, God had said to them there, uh, He had addressed to them uh, to return. Uh, and so uh, they had been telling them uh, that they had to return. I want to tell you something today. Real repentance has some visible signs. Real repentance has some visible signs. You will see repentance. You will be able to tell when someone has returned. You know what the New Testament says? The New Testament says you will love what you one time hated. You will hate what you one time loved. The New Testament tells us that we are not ourselves, but the price, and that we are a new creation. I kind of liken it to this. 
that, that all my, again, in, insufficient illustration, that it's, if I'm going down the road, and I, it's not enough to stop and slow down, I've got to turn around, and I've got to go back the other way. I've got to change clothes, too. I've got to put off the filthy. I've got to be clothed with righteousness, as the New Testament says. There's got to be some repentance. If I, I, well, what a lot of people, I think what they have done is they stop going this way, but what they're doing, they're doing this. <laughs> there hasn't been much change. The, the, you know, we've cleaned up, we come, we, you know, we, we try to come to church occasionally, but there's not been any real outward sign of change. I want to tell you something. If God changes the heart that is within you, there will be signs on the outside of you. Now, let me hasten to say, for some people, those signs may not be that dramatic. Because a lot of folks, especially uh, around here, been raised up in church, it's not like they're out robbing banks and liquor stores to begin with. They're fairly decent people. But when God gets a hold of your heart and you return, you turn to Him, then there's going to be some changes in you. You're going to love different. You're going to talk different. You're going to have different desires. There's going to be a change. First step in real repentance is return. Very closely related is look what he says in the remainder of verse 1. He says, if you return. Uh, to see you, uh, to me, you should return. If you're going to return, return. And then look what he says. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver. The second thing is remove. And I touched on this, so I'm not going to spend too long there. But real repentance results in removing. Real repentance results in taking off some things and putting on some new things. It results in leaving behind some old desires and picking up some new desires. I think of the song, I had Tommy sing it a few weeks ago, if you remember, maybe longer than a few weeks ago now, Thanks to Calvary. And he says, you know, my, my little boy ran and hid behind the door. And I said, son, don't have no fear. You've got a new daddy now. Y'all know the words of that song? Why? Because thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Now, I've got to add to that little children's song. I may not be all I ought to be, but he's still working on me. Listen, real repentance involves the removal of those things that uh, are displeasing to Him. No longer uh, were they to be an unsettled bunch of vagabonds. They were to take off. They had picked up all kinds of, uh, of filth. How many of you ever moved out of your house? You ever move? Most of you, if you've ever moved, you know you thought you kept a clean house, didn't you? You thought you kept a relatively clean house. 
till you moved your junk out. And you realized, oh my goodness, we nasty. We, we just nasty around here. We're going to do better in our new house till you move again. You realize you didn't. You ain't have to move. Just get some new furniture. Move the couch or something. You know. yeah. Pull out the refrigerator. Yeah, those kind of things. You don't have to go far. You know that in life, you pick up a little dirt, right? You pick up a little dirt along the way. Real repentance means I allow God to cleanse me and to wash me. And, and those words in the New Testament are, uh, are in the tense that it's a continual cleaning and washing. That I am being, the, the fancy word is sanctified. That I'm allowing God to work on me and to reveal in me, reveal to me those things that uh, are contrary to His will for my life. That are contrary uh, to the Word of God. And so real repentance is not just, oh, I'm going to start going to church. How many of you know this? How many of you know you can go to church and be lost as a yard dog? Do you know who the first person at church was this morning? Maybe the second. But he was real close to first. If he wasn't first, he was second. You know who it was? The devil. How many of you met him on the way? All the way to church. You pulled in the parking lot and you... How many of you had to fight the kids to get them ready? Who you think, where do you think that comes from? Music too loud, too long, not hot enough, not cold enough. Where do you think all those thoughts come from? The devil can come to church. The devil, devil is, he meets us here every time we meet. But repentance involves returning and removing. Getting rid of those things that God reveals in our life that need to be changed. How does He say that they need to return and remove? But then look in verse 2. He says, And if you swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice and in righteousness, uh, the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall be glory. Third piece of repentance. Return, remove, and revere. When he says here in this verse, he says, if you swear as the Lord lives, what he's saying is, is, how do I explain this in a way that fits the way we think today? Basically, that who you swear by is who you worship. That's, I don't like that explanation, but that's, I know what I mean. It's a shame y'all don't. Um, it, 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 it's a statement of who they worship, where they put their allegiance in God. That they uh, that when they that they're going to live by His truth. Listen, repentance 
involves returning, it involves removal, and then it involves revering. That from that point on, it's not enough just to go down this road and then turn around and quit going that way. Because if I quit going that way, I can go this way, and I can go this way, and I can go go over here, I can go back here. Ooh, that was a cobweb. I can go. Nothing like good cobweb to get get your cardio in. Just because I quit going this way. And I, does not mean now I'm going the right way. We've already talked about that. And so verse 3 says that after you return, you remove, you put your focus on God and His way. You put your attention on going where now He wants you to be. Not where I want to be. Not where someone else wants me to be. But he says, you're going you're gonna to swear as the Lord lives that it's His truth, His justice, His righteousness. That I'm going to put my focus on what God wants in my life. That's repentance. Because when I was going down this road, whose way was I pursuing? I was pursuing my own way, right? I was doing what I wanted to. I was going where I wanted to, living how I wanted to. Now, if repentance involves not just, it doesn't mean, how many of you have experienced this? And I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything, but I've just, I've just heard a lot of people talk about this. You, 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 for, for example, uh, you ever tried to quit smoking? You quit smoking, what usually happens to people who quit smoking? They start eating. And so they get rid of one habit and pick up another. Well, if I'm going down this road and it's the wrong road, again, it's not enough just to quit going down that wrong road. Now I have to turn and revere. I have to turn and put, like, like the horses with blinders on, I have to put my focus on going to the destination, as Paul put, to press on towards the mark, towards the high calling of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to repent. Just stopping, and I'm going to just, and and I'm not, I don't, I hate to do this, um, because I don't want it to sound like the only thing there is. But just stopping doing drugs does not mean that now a person has repented. It means they quit doing drugs. Just stopping cursing or stop cheating on your spouse or stop stealing from work doesn't mean you have repented. It means you stopped doing what you were doing. Repentance means now... I have turned around, and not just, and and here's where my previous illustration failed. I I said you just, you you turn around and quit going that way. No, again, it's not just turn around and quit going that way, it's turn around and start going the right way. And that was where Israel, that was where the Jews were failing as Jeremiah was preaching. They had stopped much of their idol worship. They had stopped a lot of their idolatry. But they still weren't serving God. 
Can I suggest to you something today? That there are many people in this community who are living better lives than a lot of people who are in the church. Anybody want to argue that point? They are more honest. They are more honorable. They are faithful to their spouse. They are a good mother or father. They are a good employee. They are a good neighbor. They give to charity. They, I mean, they, they keep their yard mowed. The whole nine yards. But they don't know Jesus. See, that's the difference in repentance. It's not just that you... That, that's where my illustration, I realized, was falling apart. It's not just that we turn around, but that we turn around and start going in the right direction. That we go towards God. That there is a change. We revere. Why do we revere, but then look in verse 3. We repair. Look what he says in verse 3. For thus says the Lord, men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground. And so not among the thorns. He uses an agricultural illustration here. He says you break up, you, you repair. Repentance means not only that I turn, but I repair that which was broken. That I dig up the weeds. Give me a minute. I'm thinking about whether to use this illustration or not. Oh, I'm going ahead. My mom, right in front of her house, like a lot of houses along the sidewalk, has a little flower bed thing. And sometimes she has some really pretty flowers in there. Sometimes it looks like a swamp. Where is she? Am I lying? Okay. Sometimes it looks like a swamp with some really pretty flowers in it. Am I lying? The difference in repentance is we don't start trying to plant pretty flowers in the swamp. You look over there every now and then, she'll be out there on her hands and knees throwing weeds. Real repentance gets down on her hands and knees and gets the weeds out of the flower bed. Does that make sense to you? What I'm saying? Oh, you can plant pretty flowers in the midst of a patch of dandelions and clover. Or you can get rid of the clover and the dandelions and plant flowers. That's what repentance is. And that is the difference maker in many believers' lives. They're trying to grow flowers without getting rid of of the weeds. As some people have said it, as some preachers have said it, they're trying to live their life with one foot in the world and one foot in heaven. 
They want to keep doing a lot of the things they used to do and start doing some new things. No, repentance means we dig up the bad ground. We get rid of the weeds. We allow God to cultivate. And it's painful. It may mean learning a new vocabulary. It means picking up some new habits and leaving behind some old. It may mean getting rid of some friends and getting some new. But we allow God to repair that which is broken. See, God wasn't wanting Judah to bring their idol of Baal with them when they came to the temple to worship Him. How many of you know that would be kind of crazy? And so repentance is repairing. It's allowing God to weed the garden and get rid of the things that don't belong. It's repairing. Second of all, then, then, then it is revival. Look what he says in verse 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts. I'm going to come back to really where I kind of started. I realize it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation. There's a lot of places in Scripture where the Bible talks about circumcision. Well, circumcision was to be an outward sign that these were God's people. And so in this verse, he says, circumcise your hearts. Circumcision is an outward sign. And so I come back again to really again where I started. If you return, if you remove, if you revere, if you repair, there's going to be an outward sign that something has changed. I, I just find it almost impossible to comprehend that a person can say, I have repented and nothing has changed. If nothing has changed, you didn't need to repent, did you? If nothing has changed, I guess you really haven't repented. So he says here, for them to circumcise their heart. Circumcision was an outward sign. When we truly repent, it will be revealed to those around us. People who know us best will know something is different. They may not be able to explain it. They may not know what it is. But real repentance means there will be change. And then the final, this is really not the road to repentance. Well, this may actually be the first step. Look what he says at the end of verse 4. Is recognize. He says, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest or unless my wrath go forth like fire and burn 
with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Repent. Let me, let me summarize real simply those words. Repent or else. Do these things. Return, remove, revere, repair, reveal, because you need to recognize if you don't, there will be a fire that goes out that none can quench. This morning, as you already know, as we've already had practice, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. I want you to understand today, I can remember as a child coming into church, and I've told you this before, I would come into church and I would see the things set up for the Lord's Supper, the sheet, the table covered, and the, 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 the items up there, and the first thought went through my head, oh Lord, we're going to be here an extra 15 minutes. And then the second thought was, I don't know where to buy this bread, but they need to find a new bakery. And the third thought was, thank God for that little bit of juice to wash that nasty taste down. I had, all kind of, I had all kinds of crazy thoughts. I don't know how crazy those are, to tell you the truth. But as I've grown, as I've studied the Word of God, I've realized it's way more than 15 extra minutes. It's way more than a bad-tasting piece of bread and a little swallow of grape juice. There is nothing more serious we will do in God's house than celebrate the Lord's Supper. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, who were making a mockery of the Lord's Supper, wrote to them and warned them and told them. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 18, he says, I, I hear that there's divisions among you. There must be heresies among you. When you come together in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For eating in it, everyone taketh before other his own supper. And he goes on, and eventually he gets down and he tells them. He says, let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. He's not talking about taking a nap. He says that, quite simply, he's saying that to take the Lord's Supper without repenting is a dangerous thing. It is a serious thing. Let a man examine his heart. The question this morning is not just, did you stop walking down that road and start going down another wrong road? But is there anything in your life that needs to be removed? Is there anything in our life that needs to be repaired, some weeds plucked out, some changes made? I want to ask you to bow your heads. 
Archie's going to come this morning. Nancy's going to come and lead us in our invitation. I want to invite you. I want to plead with you this morning. Again, I don't think there's anything more serious we do. If you're here today and you're a believer, Paul says examine yourself. Be sure there is nothing in your life that God is convicting you of that you need to repent of. Not just stop doing, but start going in the right direction. Getting rid of those weeds that you and I both know eventually. You can plant flowers in the weeds, but eventually the weeds will choke out the flowers. You're here today, and you need to repent. Would you come and kneel? Kneel where you are? Sit? Whatever you want to do, whatever makes you comfortable. You're online, here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day. This is the moment to ask Christ into your heart. Would you do that today? Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we ask you to be with us during this time of inspection. More than time of invitation, a time of inspection. A time of self-interrogation where we put ourselves before you and allow you to examine our hearts and see if there is anything, anything that requires real repentance. God, touch us, change us. Speak to our hearts here this morning. And we'll give you the honor for it all. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together.